Hey, and welcome back to the Cuando Puedo podcast. As always, I'm Sam, and this episode will be the English version of the original. To sum up the intro to the episode, I basically said that my Spanish wasn't perfect, and I do have a tendency to make up my own words, but I'm still learning, so it's okay. I'm Puerto Rican, well, half because my dad is white. Spanish is technically my first language, even though I kind of learned English and Spanish at the same time. I spoke more Spanish because I spent a lot of time with my grandparents, and they didn't speak any English. My grandma was born in Ciudad Puerto Rico, and my grandpa was born in San Sebastián. He moved to the U.S. in 1953 and met my grandma in Defiance, Ohio. They got married in August of 1955, and they had seven kids. Growing up, I always watched different Spanish soap operas with my grandma, and there was this one show called Sábado Gigante, and that translates to Gigantic Saturday. And on the show, they would do a lot of different things. So imagine if SNL, Maury, a talent show, a pageant show, and... And then a lot of other shows had a baby. That's Sábado Gigante. The show ended in 2015 and had a total of 2,778 episodes. And I probably watched 100 episodes. So I grew up with a lot of different genres of music, which I'll talk about later from both sides. But my mom really influenced my current taste in music, especially when it comes to the, the Latin portion of it. So some of the artists I grew up listening to were Mark Anthony, La India, Aventura, and Calle 13. In school, they would use me to translate for kids who came from different Spanish-speaking places and countries and spoke no English. Now, looking back, it makes me feel really, really good to know that I could help them and make them feel less uncomfortable and scared and alone. I'm so proud that I can speak Spanish fluently and be bilingual. It's opened so many opportunities and doors for me to help people, and that makes me feel so good. Growing up, I never really felt seen as a mixed-race Latina. I always felt like I was too white to be Latina and too Latina to be white. I think people assume that just because I'm white and my skin is white as hell, I'm just only white. But when I speak Spanish, then they're like, oh, okay, she's Latina too. You know, I've never seen a country so proud to be themselves like Puerto Rico. That's so fucking amazing, and it makes me so honored and proud to be a part of that and to have that inside of me. But sadly, now that I'm older, I see the racism and ignorance in the world and even in my own life. There's multiple people that I see every day that don't like Latinos and do things to push buttons and poke. They say indirect or really ignorant things, and even sometimes right in front of me, and they think I'm boo-boo the fool, and I don't understand what they're trying to do. They have the fucking audacity to say things like, this is America, speak English, or go up to someone and say, where can I get free Spanish lessons? They hear me speaking Spanish to some coworkers, or they hear my music, and the motherfuckers start to chuckle and say shit in gibberish, try and mimic the language. Another time this person was beside me, and they started playing suavemente to try and get a reaction out of me, which did not fucking work, so haha. But I really thought that was disrespectful and mean and uncalled for. At work they would, and I do mean would, because I don't do it anymore, use me as a translator for the people who applied and spoke no English. And although I really, really, really enjoyed helping those people, I never got compensated for my skills. And not everyone is bilingual and can do that. So to just assume that since I speak Spanish, they can utilize me for free. Like, no, I think the fuck not. And no tea, no shade, but ever since I stopped translating, I haven't seen any Spanish-speaking people come through the doors. So, yeah. Anyways, like Tego Calderon said, not everyone wants to be Latino, but they lack rhythm, drums, and reggaeton. And that's the fucking truth. 
Everyone wants to be and appreciate the Latinos when it's convenient for them, like it's an aesthetic or trend. Without Latinos, the U.S. would be a drastically different place. We wouldn't have most of the inventions, food, economy, and culture that we do. Picture the U.S. like a big pot, all right? Full of different ingredients. We have a huge mixture of cultures, races, religions, and foods. Now back to the music thing. Music for me is like therapy almost. It frees me in my mind and helps me to feel my emotions completely and at a much higher level than I would normally. One of my favorite artists is, well, y'all guessed it, Bad Bunny. I love Bad Bunny so much and what he stands for. A little bit of background about Bad Bunny is he began singing when he was young and he chose his stage name, Bad Bunny, after sharing a picture of himself as a child wearing a bunny suit and having an angry expression on his face. Now, when I hear that, and I don't think of, like, the actual picture, it reminds me of Ralphie from A Christmas Story when they put him in the pink bunny suit, and he was all pissed off. Yeah. So he created a Twitter account under that name, and it stuck as he began to gain fame and rise in popularity. I heard my first Bad Bunny song November 28, 2016, and it was called Diles, which is a Latin trap collaboration with six other artists. And let me just say, I was very blessed to listen to that song that day when it came on shuffle because it started this whole new world for me as a Bad Bunny fan. So just to know that I was there when he was just starting makes me feel really good. His music is anthem after anthem for my generation of Latinos. His songs make me feel so fucking good and proud to be myself. And it makes me happy that I can vibe to them and really capture the emotions that he's trying to portray. He's known as the king of Latin trap. He's been the biggest and most listened to artist in the world for the last three years on Spotify and other platforms, which is fucking nuts. Billions of streams and hella awards. It's so crazy to me that someone who started as an underground SoundCloud rapper turned his shows from only paying under, what, $35 at a club or small venues to now paying thousands of dollars For shitty seats at a fucking huge ass arena. Like, that's insane. Spotify stats says that so far I've listened to Benito 17,668 times. So that's somewhere around 53,000 minutes. Yes, I have no life. He's breaking the social norms and shining a light on fluidity and social issues. See, in today's world, especially with my generation, we see things socially as normal. Examples include gay marriage, uh, inequality, uh, pro-choice, everything like that. Benito is outspoken about social and political issues in the world today, though. He speaks out against the violence towards women and the overwhelming sexism and misogyny. He breaks down the stigma around gender roles, making them seem almost non-existent. Now I'm about to elaborate on some issues, so get ready. In his video for El Apagón and Aquí Vive Gente, which they're, it's a collaborative video, And that translates to the blackouts people live here, which you should go watch, even though you probably have to turn on the captions and possibly pause it a lot. It'll be worth it to learn, I promise. Benito enlists the help of journalist Blanca, I'm not going to say her last name because I'm going to butcher the fuck out of that, so let's move on. To shed light on Puerto Rico's numerous blackouts that leave tens of thousands without power, which doesn't get restored instantly. With the recent tropical storm, 1.3 million natives found themselves without power, according to a news source, and a little over two weeks later, only 84% of the customers had their power back on. Not to mention, Puerto Ricans pay some of the highest electricity rates in the whole United States, 
which is really fucking sad and it shouldn't be that way. Another issue is the displacement of natives. Aquí vive gente tells part of the story of colonial domination by showing how those with money from the U.S. and elsewhere are flooding into the island in such large numbers that they're displacing many native Puerto Ricans. That's from a source called speakoutsocialist.com. Yes, I like to be educated and not look dumb as fuck. So, yeah, but anyways, people comment that they are made to feel as foreigners in their own land. Over the past decades, the real estate investment firms have bought up housing properties, and they've bought them for extremely cheap prices, but then they've turned around and jacked up the prices for people. In addition, the government has torn down much of public housing that once existed for low-income people. Large numbers of evictions have led to a constant displacement of working-class Puerto Ricans to accommodate the exploding tourist economy as well as people relocating from the mainland United States. The problems depicted in the documentary aren't simply caused by individuals who want to visit Puerto Rico maybe or have an occasional vacation. They're much deeper than that. They're the consequence of international capitalism and colonialism, which create deep inequalities across the world and turn places like Puerto Rico into playgrounds for the rich, consuming the culture and beautiful environment with little to no regard for the people. Puerto Rico continues to suffer from natural disasters, social and economic crises, and many other problems. I feel like without someone like Benito and many others, things in the world of reggaeton, culture, and even in the whole world would be different. So to you, Benito, I say thank you. And as always, thank you for listening.